Hey everyone, welcome to Comedy History 101. We have a brand new episode for you today on the history of Spuds McKenzie. What? That name sounds familiar. Why don't we listen and find out more? Before we jump into the episode, a few things to plug on April 16th. In New York City at the Tribeca Film Festival, Scott and I will be premiering our new film, Betrayal. Hopefully, fingers crossed, that the festival won't be canceled. Ooh, it's scary times. Also, next Thursday, March 19th, 7 p.m. at the Red Room, I have my monthly storytelling show, Tale, bringing you New York City's finest storytelling. Once again, ooh, scary times. Let's hope it's not canceled. And before we jump into the episode, take some time to like, subscribe, and comment on Comedy History 101, either on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast, or even on our site, ComedyHistory101.com. And without further ado... You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101. What a weird ass commercial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're just kind of odd when you look at them now. <laughs> yeah, so what, what you just heard there was an excerpt from a TV commercial from the late 80s that featured one Spuds McKenzie, the Ayatollah of Party Mania. <laughs> I know, man. He was the, no, the Ayatollah, he was the Ayatollah of Partyola. Was that it? I think so. Yeah. And of course, you've you've tuned into another episode of Comedy History 101, where we school you in comedy. I am Harmon Leon. With me, corona-free virus for now, Scott Colonico. Scott, how are you? Um, I'm talking to you behind a mask, Harmon. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. I've disinfected. I've disinfected the microphone. Oh, yeah. Okay, let me just adjust my uh, earphones with my surgical gloves on my hands. <laughs> Don't be sure to pass me the sanitizer. Oh, I need to wipe off this microphone. Yeah, watch it. For, for the next podcast that comes in. <laughs> and you know what that podcast is? What's that? Um, the History of Notebooks. <laughs> so, three-parter. So, yes. so Scott, <laughs> when, when you hear the words Spuds McKenzie, what comes to mind? Oh man, Harmon! I, good times and stuffed plushies suited suitable for young children of dog selling and, alcohol, <laughs> and, and sexy women who are infatuated by a dog. Yeah, the the Spudettes, as as we as they were known as. So Scott, I would have to say you are correct on all accounts that yes, Spud McKenzie was a fictional dog character created for the Bud Light beer campaign in the late eighties. There he is. What a happening dude. There's a super party animal. Yeah. His name is Bugs McKenzie. A barbecue inside. A barbecue. And a cold Bud Light. A cold Bud Light. So Scott, this, 
just just to blow your mind. All right. This was long before dogs could be Instagram sensations. Really? It was like the first social media dog. And the ultimate party animal. Yeah, the Ayatollah of Partiola. We need to, I'll I'll do some fact checking. He had a lot of different monikers there. Sorry, not to, to, to interrupt, but that is that is in fact correct. He was the Ayatollah of Partiola. Of course he was. Okay. And uh, so, what would describe what Spuds McKenzie looked like for our uh, listeners? Uh, well, he was a bull terrier dog, um, and kind of these dogs kind of have an elongated face. And Spuds had the the uh, unique marking of a spot over one of his eyes, which actually is one of the first things that uh, led to him being discovered. All right, so what do you, so that's it, that's it. Uh, nothing else with with the dog. The, would he, would the, he wear human clothes at all? Well, later on, but not at the beginning. No, he he always had like sort of like a Hawaiian shirt. Well, he no. See now, <laughs> he would also wear tuxedos. I've seen him in tuxedos in a couple of these videos, uh, and he also wore a cowboy hat in the Texas one. So he wore like human clothes. So I guess the way they described him, he was sort of like a cross between Bruce Willis and John Belushi. All right, yeah, man. So Spuds became a marketing sensation. Quicker than you can say what, Scott? You want to say it together on three? Okay. One, One, two, two three. three. This, this spuds, spuds for you. So, according to an Anheuser-Busch marketing executive, the best way to describe Spuds McKenzie is, he's not a dog, he's an executive. He is the senior party consultant for Bud Light. He's the guru of good times, the granddaddy of get down, the grand poobah of party-ometry. And the, the party... Oh, wait, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm throwing up my, my, my innards from, from that... 1980s ad copy that was probably written in under 10 seconds. He's the the (laughs) Ayatollah of Partiola, dude. Yes, yes, we've covered that saying already. (laughs) I'm going to keep bringing it up because it's the best one. So, So basically, to sum up the Spuds McKenzie character, he was rich, impossibly cool, unabrashedly heterosexual, and responsible for increasing Bud Light sales by 20% between 1987 and 1988. Oh, that's kind of, that's a very short time. You know, if you think about, say, the Beatles were only, you know, making hits for about, like, seven years. Spuds, like, his whole reign was really, a, like, a one-year sort of uh, thing. Yeah, I mean, it was really, it kind of went into 89 is, is how long he was around, um. No spoiler alerts. Okay, I won't. Okay, no spoiler <laughs> alerts. So well, I mean, we have the the proto spuds. So I guess we can get to that in a little bit. I'll let you lead the. So way. how 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 did like Spuds McKenzie come about? Well, how Harvey, did the campaign? I'm glad you asked because the uh, Spuds McKenzie campaign was created by a 23 year old art director by the name of John Moore. He was working at the big. Um, big advertising agency Needham Harper and Steers up in Chicago. Now that's kind of the key to this whole thing that 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 uh, the agency was in Chicago and um, mm-hmm. the gentleman they were looking around for um, somebody to kind of uh, promote in their new ad and they spotted spuds at a local dog show or or, yeah. or the spuds to be uh, cuz yeah yeah the bull terrier yes. yeah the bull terrier so cuz spuds 
Spud is not his real name. Don't don't spoil it. Uh, okay. There's a there's so, there's a there's a crying game twist to all okay, this that okay. we don't want to give away. Uh, so okay. Scott, anyways, do you know anything about Nita Ham Harper and Steers? Because we uh, one of our previous episodes, two just two episodes here ago on uh, Comedy History One Hundred and One, we did the we did the history of Where's the Beef? Also, the ad campaign Where's the Beef, which was also a Chicago ad agency. Was that the same ad agency? Um, I don't know. Do you want me to? Uh, re- to check while we're um actually did just google it it, okay. it wasn't okay all right <laughs> but do you know anything more about uh nita ham harper and steers uh, no just I've, kind actually, of like I've, a, I've heard of them so um i think they were probably i think they, they did they did a honda commercial that was their big thing but you know their big client was anheuser-busch that made yeah. uh uh bud light yeah so bud light which um you know i am a fan of the beer and i'll have to say bud light is um not a good beer. Uh, they're actually called so so. Needham now is actually they're called DDB Worldwide. That's their new name. Just right. A, yeah. So just kind of a big madman. Yeah, just a big huge Chicago agency yeah. on uh, State Street or whatever yeah, the big been, street yeah. is in Chicago. Yeah, they've they've been around. They've been around for a long time. He's Spud McKenzie, Bud Light's original party animal. So Spud, he started several commercials. Uh, where inevitably you would see him at such locales as a beach, a pool, a bar. Uh, he was the object of everyone's respect and worship. And basically, uh, the underlying premise of almost every Spuds McKenzie commercial was once Spuds arrived, the party began. Look, here he comes. Or there's a twist in one of them in the ski lodge. <laughs> What's that? In the ski lodge one, the party's already started, and then the people arrive, and they go, "Oh, great, Spud's here." Have you? Did you watch that one where he's he's playing the guitar? Was that the one that they made after uh, in response? Drink response. Yeah, that was that was one of the, that was. Uh, don't was, okay. We'll get to that. We'll spoil. get okay, to okay, that. Okay. Yeah. Right, right. yeah, 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 yeah. So essentially, the the go to formula for for a classic Spuds McKenzie commercial, which was usually featured on uh, the Super Bowls, uh, was uh, Spuds would show up at a party. Everyone be thrilled to see Spuds, especially the women, and then the narrator. Uh, would provide a little wraparound, which uh, usually the voiceover was Robin Leach from uh, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Yeah, so that was the, the, immediately then that would link Spud in your mind to the lifestyle of the rich and famous. So, Scott, did it just end there? Did it just end there? Was this, People were just like, all right, I just like watching these commercials. That's fun. I'll uh, guess I'll, I guess I'll just have to wait till the next Spuds McKenzie commercial. Because oh, that's the oh, only place oh, no, dude, where we'll, I could see him. No, 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 no. You know, oh, no, I, Harman, I, I don't Harman. know. I, what? what? Harmon, man. He, he, Har, let's put it this way. Spuds is everywhere. He was, on, he was on dorm posters. As I mentioned, he was a stuffed animal offered at Macy's. He was like you could buy stickers. Spuds was ubiquitous in the late 80s. Oh, and not only was the ad campaign so popular that uh, Miller Lite, uh, the rivals of Anheuser-Busch released a T-shirt that featured a dead dog 
Run over by a Miller Lite truck. Oh, that's Ooh, horrible. Was that, was that funny in a funny way? I don't know. They were like uh, uh, preaching the hate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So not only that, so you mentioned he appeared on like, uh, he was also on like Good Morning America. He was on Dick Clark Live. Yeah, and he was also, here's the interesting thing. So since, I think probably this is kind of where he kind of started to get his, his start was he Spuds did a guest spot on the Tom Dreesen show, which was like a local uh, Chicago. Um, uh, yep, and and we've talked about Tom yes, Dreesen here before yeah. on the history of uh, the comedy store strike, which he was he was sort of the uh, union organizer. Yeah. <laughs> Spuds, you know, uh, He's Spuds, you're like a lot of party animals I know. Only you're a little bit less hairy. You know. <laughs> By now, Spuds, I mean, you're a major star, Spuds. You've been around the world. You've gone everywhere. What does it all smell like to you, Spuds? Uh, so, Dreesen, so, the comedian? Yeah. So and, it, and Tom Dreesen, by the way, uh, he was also partners with who? Uh, a comedy team. Tim Reed from uh, WKRP yep. Cincinnati, yes. Um, yes. And he, after our episode on the comedy store strike, we actually got a uh, comment from Tom Dreesen. Oh, that's right. Okay. On our that's episode. Right. That's yeah. right. Well, thanks, Tom. Yeah. yeah. So you can also see this clip. We'll put this clip in our um, in the article on Comedy History 101 where you can see Tom Dreesen of the Comedy So Store. that's where he got to start by appearing because uh, that was like a Chicago-based uh, Yeah, I, I, would, I would say that was, prob- that was probably one of those soft rollout things where they were trying it. I, 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 the people knew who he was. You know, I wonder yep. if they if they tried to start it local and to see how it went, kind of like with the um, the uh, as you mentioned in the other episode about uh, where's the beef oh, with, with what with where's the well beef? they started oh, they things lo- like they did a like a local version oh I see of, okay yeah they did oh, like a local oh I see okay yeah they did like a local test version of the where's the beef that didn't work so mm-hmm. you know I'm thinking they, they kind of roll these things out like this where is all the beef yeah where is the beef? I, I have emphysema make less <laughs> words you'll give beef and to, get, and to get that inside joke you need to tune back into our back catalog of uh uh the history of where's the beef yes oh by the way uh spuds mckenzie another thing you know you said he's the ayatollah of partiola uh-huh. he was also on a poster uh, at the Dean of Partyology. Oh man, he had a lot of ti- you- <laughs> he had a lot of titles. Yeah, that was awesome. and he was on the College Hall of Fame. So okay. uh, when he on the poster in the print ad campaign, uh, he was he was pouring a beer out of a tap as the Dean of Partyology. Yeah, he can do. I mean, the one I like the one where he's he's um where he's uh, slalom, not slalom skiing. He's doing the ski jump. That one's pretty good. And then also there's one where he's doing the pole vault. So, so Scott, um, uh, we mentioned that he was not the only one in his TV commercials. He, there was also the Spudettes. Right, the Spudettes. So, so did, 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 did the women like Spud McKenzie? And also, did this present just kind of a problematic logistic what do you mean kind of like all these women were just sort of uh you know just just over static over spuds mckenzie yeah i mean it was it's very problematic i mean of course okay dude, what i'm saying is there's a slight bestiality sort of thing running through it That's, really that was I the point okay, i was trying to i get. didn't i didn't catch that but um sure i'll go with it 
Well, they riffed on the idea that uh, sex sells. So they, right. they had, the Spudettes were a brigade of actresses and models who never left Spud McKenzie's side. They were always seen like uh, hot tubbing together or coming out of a limo with Spuds McKenzie. And the Spudettes were part of the key of uh, Spud McKenzie's success. And they became a phenomenon on their, in, in their own, in their own right. Yeah, I mean, I think they were part of it. I mean, it was definitely, you know, they were like his crew, though. I don't know if they were actually, like, you know, doing the deed with spuds. I don't. I, I never got that. I never made that, that connection. They were, I just, well, I was listening to an Adam Carolla uh, podcast uh, clip that was on uh, YouTube about Spud McKenzie. He kind of went off on that for about, like, five minutes. Why is it, you know, I mean, it was like, the 80s were such a great coke-fueled time where Spuds McKenzie would, like, come into a bar and all these hot chicks would be like, Spuds, like, what are you going to do, suck off a dog? Like, what? You want to fuck a dog? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Really? It was tough for me who wasn't getting laid at the time. Like, if they would fuck this dog before they fucked me. Really? Okay. Well, I mean, fair enough. I mean, that's if some people won't go that. So way. I'm just saying the that was like part of the the weirdness of the Spuds McKenzie thing. So the posters of Spud and the Spudettes were 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 the most popular uh, pinups in the country at the time, outdistancing themselves from poster number two in popularity. Can you guess, Scott? Um. Alf. <laughs> he likes to eat cats on Mel Mac. Yeah, so like I said, uh, the Spudettes had their own sort of uh, popularity and success that uh, one Sir Mix-a-Lot, who wrote the hit Baby's Got Back, you know that song, right? Right, yes, of course. Uh, was in response to the Spud McKenzie girls, who uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot said were little skinny chicks Looking like stop signs with big hair and skinny bodies. Oh man, so man, I know because he like Mr. Mixlock likes the back, as he would say. Uh, yeah, more cushion for your pushing. Exactly, dude. Also, nearly every time you turned on the TV during that era, there there was a sporting event. There would be spuds, water skiing, skateboarding, lounging by a pool with a bevy of babes appearing on Good Morning America, throwing out the first pitch at the National League playoff games. He would take uh, limousines wherever he would go. I was just I was just double-checking some some um, limousine footage of Spud there. I was trying to find an actual clip of Spuds doing the pitching, doing the first uh, pitch of the spring season, but I can't seem to, to find that. So, Scott, if this was like a VH1 behind the music, right. this is where things start going wrong. Okay. Talk to me. <laughs> uh, so at the height of his popularity, there began to have death rumors about Spuds McKenzie. Okay, that's the way that's like you said, that's when you know you've you've done something good. Yeah, so uh concerned fans would call the uh marketing department at Antizer Bush. They were concerned that, you know, maybe he was electrocuted in a hot tub incident soaking with the spudettes <laughs> or he died in a limo crash and so rumors started getting around of spud's death but yet scott and here's the here's plot point two as we we veer into the second act of this uh, spuds mckenzie tale there was a lot of controversy also with the ads okay well, well talk to me what do you got 
Well, you see, first of all, we had um, our one of our old favorites here, um, here at Common History 101, Senator Strom Thurmond. He had his own uh, media campaign, campaign. He was claiming that uh, that uh, the beer maker was using spuds to appeal to children for the purposes of getting them interested in their product at an early age. And an example of this would be, do you, do you remember the cigarette character Joe Camel? Yeah, because <laughs> they were trying to get children involved with smoking at an exactly. early age. Yep. It was kind of uh, like that. Uh, but, I know. mean, I think there's, there's a little bit of truth behind that. I mean, I think nothing, it, well, you know, if you look at like your Mad Men sort of planning boards, it's like very little is left to chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Spuds McKenzie, you know, you had all these kids wearing Spuds McKenzie t-shirts and they had the Spuds McKenzie posters. So you're just kind of... Well, I guess you would call it in marketing speak. You you you're building brand awareness. Yeah, it's brand awareness. Exactly. Age. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you don't necessarily <laughs> want them to be drinking your um your your product yet. Of course not until they're of legal age. But you're letting them. Yeah. Yeah. Them and so they're just going. Yeah. yeah. One day when I can drink, I'm gonna get <laughs> shit face like Spuds was, McKenzie. Yeah, but Spud Spud knows how to enjoy enjoy things responsibly, Armin. Yeah, so the funny thing is when, when Strom Thurmond uh, pleaded the case that, uh, you know, beer makers were using spuds to appeal to the children, he did this while standing in front of a huge poster featuring the Ayatollah <laughs> of Partiola himself, Spuds McKenzie. Awesome, dude. Well, maybe like, uh, you know. Which is, very, that's very, uh, you know, that's very Orwellian. In yeah. Well, and also more controversy by Christmas 1987, uh, there was more legal action resulted when Budweiser's use of the ads featuring Spud dressed as Santa Claus, uh, that was actually illegal under Ohio liquor laws. Ugh, okay. Well, first of all, how fucking uptight is Ohio? <laughs> I, so uh, Ohio had, I don't know if they still have it, but they had liquor laws forbidding the use of Santa Claus to promote alcohol. Okay. And you had Spuds McKenzie dressed up as Santa Claus. Yeah, you can't do that, man. What the was he? Was he Santa Claus, or was he just wearing like a you know a fringe? Well, first of all, you okay? First of all, Santa. Yeah. Fictional character, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Hold on. Wait. What do you mean? What do you mean? He's a fictional character. Yeah, him and yeah, yeah, him and Jesus. Yeah. Right. yeah. But second of all, uh, Spuds McKenzie is a dog, uh-huh. and I don't think first of all people are going to confuse that that's the other fictional character, right? Santa. Okay. But according to Ohio liquor laws, um, they they said that that's illegal to have any anyone dressed as Santa promoting alcohol. Okay, well, that's all right. Well, I, I can I can get behind you on that, Ohio. That's fine. In 1989, the Center for Science in the Public Interest, along with Mothers Against Drug Driving, alleged that Anheuser Busch was pitching the dog Spuds McKenzie mm-hmm. to children as well. Well, do you, do you know what they did, Harmon? Uh, please do tell. Oh, I will tell you. In fact, so what they wound up, what uh, Anheuser Busch wound up doing was they took their fifty million dollars Spuds McKenzie campaign and they changed it to a responsible drinking initiative. So that's this Ooh. is the commercial I was talking about earlier, where Spud is already at the party playing guitar and people come in. This is from Super Bowl Thirty Three, and this is a fifteen second spot where there's no 
there was no beer to be seen at all whatsoever in the commercial, and it's Spuds playing guitar, and then the tagline comes up at the end was no one to Drink responsibly. Do you know why Spuds McKenzie has so much fun at parties? Because he's always in control. He knows how to make the party last. It takes good sense to have a good time. Spuds knows it's cool to live by one simple rule. Know when to say when. See, you know, okay, good message, but uh, I just never understand when, like, alcohol companies, uh, you know, companies that sell stuff like that, you know, say, don't take our products. <laughs> Basically, they're, they're saying, yeah. No, they're yeah, saying- no, no, it's like, okay, we got to, with chagrin, they always put those out. <laughs> but that was after, that was after the uh, the lawsuits. But that was sort of like the, 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 the end of Spugs McKenzie in a way. Yeah, that was that was pretty much it. They they kinda they kinda pulled the plug after that. And then there's also um, But then yes. then <laughs> dude then there's the big reveal. Yeah the crime so, game. Uh, yeah. yeah yeah this whole time this whole time this whole time we have heterosexual Spuds McKenzie um you know and all the Spudettes are just fawning all over him Tell us what happened, Scott. Well, it turned out that uh, uh, an enterprise. Why, why, why did you just read the headline from the Chicago Tribune? Well, I was going to say, no, no, there's a buildup to it. There's like an enterprising yeah. young reporter, young cub reporter, let's say, on the Chicago Tribune went out and dug the dirt on Spuds. And you know what they found out, Harmon? This is the headline that was in the ran of the Chicago Tribune. Quote Spud, Spuds is a dud, is a party guy. He's a girl, unquote. Ah, so the, so the dog that women adored, uh, that appeared to be male, was actually portrayed by a female yes. bull terrier who went by the name Honey Tree Evil Eye. <laughs> or Evie. I think Evie, 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 Evie for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in the scoop about the party dog's real gender... Um, they also featured, oh man, they doxed them. <laughs> so in that story, they, they also revealed the owner's full yeah, address. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's just messed up. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, couldn't you be, there was a lawsuit on that? Yeah, nowadays, yeah, totally. Yeah. So again, uh, they spotted Evie, you know, at a, at a bull terrier dog show, and they kept it a secret that the dog... Uh, Spuds McKenzie was actually, you know, Jane McKenzie. I don't know. What would you, what would be the female sort of, uh, equivalent of, of Spud? Spud. <laughs> yeah. Jane. Jane's pretty good. Spam. <laughs> Spam. <Yeah. laughs> but okay, so that pulled the plug on, uh, the 1989 kind of, uh, you know, it, you would have to say it, it was a good run for Spuds McKenzie because it's, he's one of the most iconic, uh, you know, uh, ad, you know, icons of all time. I mean, he's still good. It's still the thing Some is there with the Clara. Where's Clara? Where's, where's, the, where's beef? the beef? Yeah, it's, all, it's one of those '80s iconic, iconic ads. Um, what was interesting was when. Um, when I was doing, we were doing a little uh, research during our research for this. The that um, so apparently uh, the beer company Strohs had also been using a dog in their advertising, and but they'd actually started as early as 1984. 
Mm. Yeah, so they were actually... What, what was that dog like? His name was Alex, and he was a half uh, half retriever, half, half Irish setter. I just I know that off the top of my head. For some was reason. he the Ayatollah Partiola? I don't know. I don't know if, if he had... Alex from Stroh's had any official titles like Spud did, but... Do we uh, have any video on her? Oh, yeah, I do. It's in the... <clears throat> it's oh, in the dog. Okay. It's in right, the trial yeah. card. Um, yeah, okay, so yeah. and actually, these commercials they were they're pretty big in their own right. And then also, but it was interesting because Stroh started out first, and then uh, after Spuds caught up, they actually Stroh's went back and did a, like a retro commercial where they they were in turn making fun of Spuds. Alex will now do his famous dog impersonation. Grab a Stroh light, relax. Ready, Alex? All right, who's this? Oh, Rin Tin Tin! Tin 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 uh, yeah, the, Alex the dog comes out. He'll disappear behind a door, and he comes out as a completely different dog breed. That he does a impression of Rin Tin Tin at Benji. This is <laughs> it was a dog movie from the seventies. If those of if those of you who t- who are not old enough or probably weren't even born yet, but then the last thing that Alex comes out is he does he comes out as Spuds McKenzie, and none of the gentlemen can recognize him. That's right. But also, Spud McKenzie lives on. Uh, he's he's been referenced to on an episode of The Simpsons. Uh, have you seen that episode? Uh, I think so. Is that the one where Homer opens a club? Yes. Okay. But. I couldn't find a clip of it, but have you seen it? Are you sure? You what, why, is the, why is the club called Lindsay Nagel? Uh, it was a dance club in town called... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, here, I think I we're... I Google it. <laughs> think, so it is referenced. He is referenced in there. Uh, there's a couple episodes of The Family Guy where they have Spuds McKenzie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they love referencing him. You're a big canine star. They should be treating you like Spuds McKenzie. Yeah, what are he doing now? Now, ladies, approach him slowly. He can't really see anymore. I've injected him with the Viagra. Now, I'm going to roll him on his back, but you're pretty much going to have to do 100% of the work. I want, to deb- yeah. I want to debunk and unbunk something. So if you go to Sp- sure. Spud's IMDB, he's only got two listings in there. He's got one listing for a TV show called Half Nelson. Well, actually, it was it was a story. It was a 1985 show for uh, that um, uh, that was a star vehicle for Joe Pesci. Pesci. Oh, really? Yeah. And, wow. And Victoria Jackson from Saturday Night Live, and um, it had. Oh, she's she's the nutty one, right? Yeah, yeah. And it had. That complete, yeah, okay. And it, it featured a um, bull terrier dog in it, but it was not Spuds. I, I can say it, it was oh. definitely wasn't Spud because it was, you know, they must have filmed it all. It wasn't evil, evil eye Evie. It didn't. It wasn't Evie. Evie. Yeah, because she didn't have a spot on her on her eye, and they must have filmed it in L.A. Because the whole show is about Joe going to L.A. and making it big. So if you can find you can find that clip online, you, you can verify that it's not Spuds. But one thing we did see, so there is also another movie called um, Rented Lips. Is that what we called mm-hmm. it? Yeah, yeah. So that was the movie actually done by uh, Robert Downey Sr. Like one of his yep. uh, 80s the movies. filmmaker. Yeah, with uh, actually Robert Downey Jr. does appear in the movie. Actually, there's a lot of comedy people in this movie. What year is that? It's from 88. 
And so okay, because uh, Robert Downey Sr. I believe directed Robert Downey Jr. in I believe the Pickup Artist with Molly Ringwald. Yeah, that was like the year before. I think that was like eighty seven. Yeah. Yeah, so this was like mm-hmm. kind of his indie movie he wanted to do, but uh, some big comedy luminaries in there actually. Um, um, couple guys from actually two. The, the premise is a lot like the producers, and they actually have two of the guys from the producers in it, like Dick Sean. Who? Uh, Dick Sean. Oh, okay, Dick Sean's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the uh, who was the Nazi guy? Uh, Kenneth Kenneth Mars. He's in it too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love the original producers. Yeah, it's and it's so and it, and it funny. stars Martin Mull. Who we know here from comedy at Comedy History One. Oh wow! And okay, um, I yeah. just kind of the movie looked okay. It, it's got dancing Nazis in it and stuff. So I I, sca- I scanned through it looking for Spuds. I didn't see Spud in there at all. But mm. I do see him. He is listed in the credits. So he's in the movie. Maybe <laughs> apparently there's a apparently there's a direct, maybe he's an extra. Uh, pr- apparently there's a director's cut of this movie floating around, which everybody says is oh, much better. Great. So maybe. Oh really? He's yeah, in, I never heard of this movie. But, yeah, but it's also uh, got right. um, sounds interesting. It's got Tony Cox. But uh, this will cheer people up. Yeah. What? In in 2017, Spuds McKenzie made a return in a Bud Light ad for Super Bowl Li. What, what would that be? 51, 51 dude. What am I? Yeah, yeah it's Super Bowl. Roman yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Wait, is that because I'm Italian, dude? That was uh, yeah, yeah, that hey, was a woke, yeah, dude. yeah, the pizza. So uh, Spuds McKenzie made a return in a 2017 Super Bowl ad where. Okay, get this. I don't remember this ad when it came out, and I just watched it, and it's just so not fun. <laughs> it is equivalent to when they rebooted the Where's the Beef campaign, oh, yeah, which we talked the about. The hipsters, the hipsters when, in Austin. Yeah, yeah, the hipsters in Austin. It's like, I'm looking for a, a vintage Where's the Beef t-shirt. And it's just so not fun. And this commercial's equally not fun. Um, so it's an ad... Featuring a ghost helping a man, Brian, reunite with his friends, you know, as a homage to uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. And the ghost is Spuds McKenzie. It's a ghost dog who's voiced by actor Carl Weathers from, uh, you know, Apollo Creed from Rocky. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of disturbing. Yeah. It's not fun. No. It's not funny. <laughs> you see a dead dog in the commercial. Yeah, and there's and there's no but there's and there's, with Carl Weathers' voice. <laughs> it, it's like, you know, Spuds McKenzie never talked. And there's no yeah, he did. Yeah. And uh as we know, uh Spuds McKenzie was actually a girl. Yeah, and there's there's no Spud <laughs> Spudettes, dude. Hello, Brian. Spuds McKenzie? What are you doing here? My soul can't rest when people don't drink Bud Lights with friends. Oh. Not at this very moment, your friends are hanging out and you're missing it. I just didn't think that it was like a big deal, you know? Brian, listen. Yeah. I'm a man, you're a man. Take my leash. I need to show you something. Whoa! You, I don't remember it. You probably don't remember no, it. Uh, it's just a very, very unforgettable. Uh, you know, again, it's just like you could just reprise the whole, you know premise you know spuds enters a party and the party begins yeah no that was simple it. formula that was yeah. their go-to all you had to do is reprise that like, yeah and no but, they, 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 they thought dead dog dead dog <laughs> voiced by rocky's <laughs> opponent would be would, that's gonna that's gonna be a hit and they must have spent like you know a few million on it of course yeah. super blad <laughs> oh oh advertising oh, boy. so 
So, Scott, any takeaways on the history of Spuds McKenzie and his place in uh, comedy history? Are you ready? Are you ready, Harmon? Three words. Yep. Save your money. That's it, man. Fame, fame comes and goes, man. They'll throw you under the bus the minute they can yeah, get yeah. a chance. So. Ooh, and in this case, it's a, a dog being thrown under. Yeah, oh, just like they did with Miller Lite with the with the Miller yeah, the truck. Miller Lite people. <laughs> Wait, let me just see if I can find that ad real fast. Now they Miller I think, Lite. I think they said it was just on their trucks. They would just have oh. a, a picture of it. Yeah. Dead dog. Okay, I'm just going Miller Lite, dead dog, Google image Dude, search. don't. I hope nobody ever looks at your your, your, your history, your search <laughs> history. Well, they, they are, dude. Everyone looks at our history. Uh, that's right, dude. Because we, we have no privacy whatsoever unless we're on the dark web. Yeah. Oh, man, he was in, so to go back to Tony Cox, he was in Captain EO. Oh, right, okay, uh. yeah. <laughs> the Michael so Jackson. any other, any other takeaways? Uh, any other takeaways on uh, uh, Spuds McKenzie? Um, no, I'm go see Rented Lips, Split Lips. Well, <laughs> Robert Downey, Robert Downey Senior Junior movie is with Spuds in it. See if if you can find Spuds, let us know. Let us know the time code or send us a screen capture, and we'll we'll add it to the article. Here, here, And with that, I think that wraps up our history of Spuds McKenzie, the original party, the Ayatollah Partyola. <laughs> <laughs> so that means it's time to plug away. Scott, what do you have to plug? Well, Harmon, I don't know if, <laughs> if we particularly have anything to plug. Well, I can plug one thing. And that, and that well, is our- what, do, what do you mean, dude? We don't have anything to plug. Well, dude, we got we have our other podcast called "This Is the President." Oh, where we oh so wait, all... wait, wait. We didn't make a film. Yeah, that's but we play somewhere. <laughs> we don't know it's gonna if it's gonna be shown anywhere. Theoretically, our latest film called "Betrayal" will be showing at the Tribeca Film Festival in New York City in April. April sixteenth is a premiere date, so. We hope that's happening still. Fingers crossed. But we'll I guess we'll know more at some point. Oh dude. I know. Just I say wish, it's gonna happen. I it's wish, not a parade. It's uh, not St. Patrick's Day play. It's wish, just people in a movie theater. I wish I wish I could be more positive about things, Harmon. <laughs> Ah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that there's that. You know, it might not happen. I don't want people to go and buy tickets and then sh- not show and then show up and be all disappointed at us and get angry. Well, they'd be disappointed at the Tribeca Film Festival, okay, well, or the or, coronavirus, or yeah, or, or just, Trump, or 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 a, a Mike Pence, or who's China, in charge of the the crisis. Yeah, China, China state-run news media. That's what they could be mad at. Uh, yeah, yeah. But then, if we also have our other podcast called "This Is a President," where we discuss all things presidential from presidents' way in the past, all the way up to and including. The, as Harmon likes to put it, orange fuck face and currently in the Oval Office. That's This is the President. You can find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Also on YouTube as well. This is the President. Harmon? Here, 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 here. Yes. And for me, uh, next Thursday, uh, March 19th, 7 p.m. at the Red Room in New York City, I have my monthly storytelling show, Tale, bringing you the finest in New York storytelling. So come on down for that. Also, be sure to comment, like, and subscribe to Comedy History 101 wherever you get your podcasts or on our sites, Comedy History 101 or Instagram or Twitter. 
and we will actually read your comments here on the podcast. So do, do we do we have any for this time around, Harmon? Uh, as a matter of fact, we do. Okay. We have a comment from one Craig Kupras on our history of National Lampoon's Lemmings. Okay. So Craig says... I have a ticket stub from the National Lampoon Lemmings live show at the at the Century Theater in Buffalo, New York. The show took place in December, but the rest of the date is not on the stub. Anyone who has more information, please send it to me at chaz1023 at yahoo.com. Wow, okay, Thanks. cool. Yeah, and I guess right, you, cool. you, yeah. you can find that com- that comment over on our site at Comedy History 101. Which art? Oh, that was on the National Lampoon's, Lem, National Lampoon's Lemmings article or podcast episode. It, yeah, yes, exactly. As stated, it was on our history of National Lampoon's Lemmings. Okay, just wanted to make sure. I'm just you know directing yes, the, yes. I'm directing the, the kids. The state show that, that <laughs> uh, you know started Saturday Night Live. Okay, all right, with yeah. almost the same cast. Exactly. So once again, thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Bye bye. Bye bye. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured the audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101.